Jumbo fellow adventurer, it's Mike Dooley here to remind you of how powerful you are and how much you deserve by sharing spiritual tune-ups. These are live broadcasts Monday through Friday, each lasting 5 to 15 minutes, where I answer viewers' questions, bringing lofty metaphysical concepts down to earth for your immediate traction. You were born to succeed. You are pushed on to greatness every single day. Your positive thoughts are at least 10,000 times more powerful than your negative thoughts. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. Jumbo fellow adventurers, I hope you're all rested and ready to rock. I've got a new question that keeps recurring. So to synthesize the different instances of its arrival, Mike, how do you keep the faith? Mike, I'm tired. When is it okay to let go of a dream? When to give up, not your life, but the pursuit of something that you've been wanting to manifest for a long time. For those, or if I'm misunderstanding the question uh, and they're thinking of ending their life, there's a spiritual tune-up specifically on suicide from three or four weeks ago. Please check it out on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube. But to answer the question about keeping the faith towards a dream, being exhausted and overwhelmed, wanting to make something come true that he's eluded you for years, if not decades, um, and, you know, is it ever okay to let go of it? A couple of thoughts on this. First, what jumps out at me is uh, the recognition that there's got to be some kind of imbalance here when someone's talking about, you know, letting go of a dream. Okay, it, it kind of paints a picture of me that there's too much focus in their life on what they don't have and it's overwhelming and it's been there so long and they've always wanted to heal or they've always wanted abundance or they've always wanted their partner or whatever it is. And it's like this vacancy in their life is blinding them to all else. Now, this is not to be accusatory. I have gone through spells in my life, of course, where there was frustration and disappointment at the slow lack of progress in my life. But one of the best things you can do to grease the wheels for fast change within a particular area of your life is to focus on other areas of your life while not losing sight of the dream. Um, another point I wanted to make here, uh, here we go. Uh, so often we go from one dream to the next dream to the next dream. And in life, you know, I think that's part of our modus operandi. At one point, I would reflect on myself and everybody I know and think, you know, why is everyone all about changing their life? Are we a pathetic bunch of people who are just never satiated? Uh, and as I dwell on any topic, which is where I get my answers, you know, the, I am ultimately illuminated. Uh, I'm not unique here. But dwelling on that, it was like, wait a minute, this is the trait of the divine within us. This is the hallmark of our majesty 
God doesn't ever get to a place and say, well, I'm pretty full. I don't think I'm going to change anything anymore. Or, you know, I'm going to take a holiday for a couple trillion years. Uh, God, divine intelligence, of which we are one, is on this quest of expansion, learning, growth, more, better, cooler, wilder. And it's our choice to make that journey joyful by focusing on the fact that we get to even do it and not forgetting the other dreams of ours that have come true. Or we can be on that journey and be like, oh man, this is so much work. There's always another question to answer. There's always another realm to explore. When am I ever gonna be finished? Same journey, different perspectives. It is the trait of the divine within us that pushes us on, pushes us on to become more and more and more and more, which does not mean you need to put your happiness off for that dream coming true. Do you realize because this is the trait of the divine within us, you will always want stuff you don't yet have to be someone you aren't yet being to experience something that you've never experienced for eternity plus you and i and all consciousness will always want stuff that we don't yet have it's trait of the divine within us that doesn't mean you're not going to get it you will get it your life is proof you manifest here there and everywhere but the day you manifest it within a couple of weeks you're like, oh my gosh, I could have gone a little farther. Oh my gosh, check out this corridor. Oh my gosh, I have new friends that I want to do whatever with. And so once you get here, you see there. And once you get there, you see there. So the instant you are satiated, you have more desires. And the instant you get those, you have more desires. Choose to enjoy this adventure or choose to look at it as a labor. It's your choice. But the fact remains, you will always have a divine sense of incompletion. Spark of God alive and well in you. So if you're putting off your happiness until the day you feel complete, that day's not coming. That day is never coming. So here's the deal. Be happy even as you choose to expand, to create, to manifest. And then you never have the question, when should I give up? Why am I so tired? You're so tired because you're focusing on that which you don't have instead of giving yourself credit for all that you've already created, that you even have life, that you have the ability to ask these questions, that you've got a dog or a cat or clothes on your back or roof over your head. You're rocking this thing. There are people the world over who would give their front teeth for a year in your shoes. So celebrate who you already are, what you already have. Do not put off your happiness for some future manifestation. Yes, pursue it, but don't put off your happiness for it. Jumbo fellow adventurers from a rainy night that just passed in Orlando, Florida, lots of humidity to bright sunshine. It's amazing how quickly things can change for the better. Nothing wrong with rain, but when you're moving through clouds in your life, when you least expect it, total sunshine, rainbows. 
uh, await you. So it's always a matter of staying the course and enjoying what you already have where you already are. Today's tune-up. Um, whoa. Great question was posed. If you have a question, put it below on Facebook or uh, on Instagram. The question is, how do you protest in a spiritual sense? Do you protest in a spiritual sense? The questioner is very um, aware that where you focus your attention and energy, uh, it expands. And if you're adding your attention and energy to conflict, to turmoil, turmoil to that which you don't like, it's not as simple as what one may have thought. This took a, a ton of introspection on my part. It is not cut and dry. Uh, I came up with five takeaways that may help you decide how to protest, if that's the word you want to use. But, but recognizing, I think it was Mother Teresa who said that if, you're, if you don't like war, it's better to march in the name of peace than to march in the name of anti-war. So keep that in mind um, as I share these five points with you so that you're focusing on what you want, not focusing on what you don't want, which is always going to slow you down. Although it's not so easy because, you know, if we're talking about women's rights, that's, we know what we want. If we're talking about, um, what were my other examples, um, animal rights, that's pretty clear. Um, if we're talking about white privilege, ooh, talk about a buzzword, uh, talk about a pressure point. Um, it's not so easy to focus on what you want when there is massive oppression all over and people dropping like flies um, because they've been murdered significantly based on the color of their skin. So how do you protest what you want there? Not so easy. You know, I protest that everybody be treated the same. Yeah, while people are dropping like flies. You want to be a little bit more proactive if this is something that's really uh, keeping you up at night. So here are my five things to walk this very tricky tightrope. Um, number one, got to realize, not easy, but you're not supposed to do anything. Okay? We don't live in a world of supposed to's. We live in a world of, let me go there and see what happens. Let me go there and see how I am moved. Let me go there and see what kind of difference I can make. Supposed to's immediately create guilt. So you're all off the hook. Nobody's supposed to go out there in the name of anything if they don't want to. Number two, it's got to be done peacefully. No matter what no matter what, no matter what, no matter what. There was a note from the universe that once said, if you ever have the option to lie or be lied to, to violate or to be violated. And then it had like two or three other similar um, toggle points. Always, always, always choose the latter. Now, if you have the option to violate or be violated, our society says that it's okay to use violence in self-defense. A spiritually attuned person 
would first recognize that they would never accidentally bump into a situation where those would be the only two choices. Earlier thoughts, beliefs, expectations, and behaviors of theirs might create a situation where suddenly you're faced with violate or be violated. But the enlightened soul would realize that no such crossroads would ever arrive in your life if there had not been earlier misunderstandings on your part. So number one, the good news is you're not going to have that crossroads. Number two, if you do, always choose the latter, which that's, there's tangents there. It's super complicated. I'm not going to go there right now. I know that that can seem um, infuriating and um, self-denying, but uh, let's just save that for a super advanced course at another time. Always remain peaceful. There is never, ever, ever a justification, justification for violence. And look at the good that comes from peaceful demonstrations. Mahatma Gandhi, Martin Luther King Jr. Um, those are the individuals who have moved literal mountains on planet Earth and they did it peacefully. Um, number three, do what you are called to do and you feel in your heart. Okay, and this is going to be different from one person to the next. Are you supposed to go out there and protest the murders? There's no supposed to. What do you feel? Uh, some will take, some will get their signs ready. Others will sit on the sidelines. Neither is wrong. You have to allow other people to do it their way and be moved as their heart, their instincts, their life, and their lessons has brought them to be moved. Okay? So, don't think, what am I supposed to do? Think, what am I called to do? What do I want to do? What feels right? How can I frame my protest, make my voice heard in the most positive, peaceful light? Granted, sometimes it's just going to be a protest against violence. In the case of, you know, all the murders that we see on cell phones, white police officers killing black people, not to say black, not to say it doesn't happen in other color contexts, but we do have a phenomenon here that is impossible to deny. And number four, in your own way, be the change, be the difference, not just out there waving banners, but if you have an opportunity to help a disadvantaged group, to create a charitable donation, to hire somebody in extreme need, to, to live your life in a way that creates more balance in the world around you. You have every right to do that. And it's the easiest way to do it in a way that will gradually get you in a place where you can have harmony in your heart, mind, and soul. So in your own way, be the change, be the difference beyond just or before being a protester. And number five, understand we don't live in a world of judgment from the divine. There is no judgment, okay? There are consequences to poor behavior. And the consequences are, you know, what goes around comes around. And while karma is not an absolute law, if you believe, for example, that violence is sometimes okay, then you're going to meet other people who think violence is sometimes okay. And you're both going to have your justifications and it's not going to go well. But there's no judgment, no divine judgment. 
Everybody is here as a spiritual being, learning of their power and the infinite possibilities before them to live in harmony, joy, peace, and love every day of their lives. And given that this is the case, given that this is the position of divine intelligence, it's one that we may take ourselves. Uh, I know that there are movements afoot right now that if you're not doing something every single day to right these wrongs, you're part of the problem. Not, not in my guidelines here. Um, don't judge others for their inaction. I know that hurts. I know that's hard. Just be the light yourself in a way you feel compelled to do it. Focusing on what you want rather than what you don't want when that's possible, and it usually is. And love your life. Nothing can uh, be more influential on the world around you than you finding joy, peace, happiness, harmony, and expressing love one day at a time with or without protests. Jumbo fellow adventurers, welcome to another daily spiritual tune-up. This time the topic is God versus the universe. And it's about the evolution of self-awareness. Okay, just through deductive reasoning and based on historical records and timekeeping that spans millennia, very conventional resources, uh, we can deduce a couple of things about the origins of our view on reality all the way up to the present moment where we are generally far more enlightened. But I want to preface what I'm about to share with you by, by stating what I think may or may not be the obvious. And that is, um, while I talk about different perspectives on the divine or its absence, um, I'm not speaking of the entirety of each generation. Okay, there have been enlightened people far more than me millennia ago, and there are people who, let's just say, are living their first life in time and space right now and is and are as ignorant as many of us used to be. So the evolution of self-awareness. Clearly, I would say, based on the evidence, as we first emerged onto the scene Post Adam and Eve, there was probably a total focus on survival. You know, um, cave man, cave woman, and uh, if it didn't move or threaten you or glorify you, it wasn't real. Your physical senses, ours long ago, told us. Uh, about the world that we needed to contend with in order to survive. There was no bandwidth to ask the deeper armchair questions about the meaning of life. And therefore, no recognition nor appreciation in most cases um, regarding the divine and its existence. Eventually, as humanity began to have a little bit of spare time and there was crops and there was order and there were systems, humanity could begin pondering the most awesome, amazing, liberating question of all, how did this all come to be? 
and some drew the conclusion that it was random chance. Those are the same folks who were living in the caves who didn't have the bandwidth. Some of those folks still live among us today. But others started thinking there must have been an intelligence that made all of this possible because it's just working like machinery. Life is thriving on the air, land, and sea, some kind of intelligence. And so immediately in our quest for understanding, connecting dots, and thereby empowering ourselves, because the truth sets you free and you know that even if you're naive, you know, the more you know, the better your life is going to be. So asking this great question, there was a realization that there has to be intelligence, A plus, A plus, but in our feeble innocence, we assumed that that intelligence must be a lot like us. And so we came up with ideas of what God is, and we ascribed human qualities on the divine because we didn't know any better. I mean, what else are we going to ascribe to the divine? And so we have an, uh, views recorded in spiritual tomes that God is angry, that God is a man, that God is um, jealous, that God is wrathful, that God is judgmental, that God is going to make you pay your dues. Um, and so we have a very scary figure when it comes to our ideas of what divine intelligence must be because we assumed that God must be like us. As we continue to grow and prosper and thrive and the own, our own evolution of consciousness created a larger bandwidth to kind of understand and see and observe greater things, including beyond what we had defined earlier, we start realizing that we're beating all the odds, that we're thriving. Even as ignorant as we could be, we still thrive. Even to this day, most people think God's an angry white man and we still have space stations and DNA technology. But some among us have been able to, to surmise that, that God probably is not a dude. It's probably not angry. It's all about love or this all would have imploded a long time ago. But the word God has been so horrifically tainted with preconceived ideas that we all carry this baggage around that God's angry and he's a man and it's all a test and blah, blah, blah. And so a better word has been derived and that is the universe. The universe loves you. The universe loves everyone. The universe doesn't judge you. The universe wants for you what you want for yourself. And so we have this vastly improved, far more accurate take on divine intelligence, not as our enemy, not as our executioner, but as our buddy, as our playmate, as as just everything good about reality. Again, there are no words to share what an empowering, powerful, gorgeous leap that is so much closer to truth than thinking God is angry. Okay. But it is incredibly flawed. Necessary to get us from God is an angry dude to somewhere else because you know you can't generally go five levels up some people can but it's very gentle to go from God 
out there watching us angry to the universe out there doting and loving us. That's not a difficult dot to connect given how much he does for you. But it is very, very flawed because it puts the universe out there. There is no universe out there. We're inside of the mind of God. We are extensions of the universe. And so where we are right now in this great awakening on planet Earth 2020, many have connected the dots a while ago, some back in the cave days, and they burned those people alive, that we are each fully empowered sparks of the divine. It's not God. It's not even the universe. It's me. It was me all along. I am the universe come alive in the dream of life. And I'm so hypnotized by the illusions that I don't even realize I'm streaming them into place right this very moment. And sure, God or the universe is infinitely more than you or I. But so are you and I infinitely more than you or I ever realized. God is every mote of dust the space in between, every cell, every atom, and every fiber of your body, every thought you think, gorgeous or vile, beautiful or disgusting, peaceful or violent, pure God. What could be non-God? There's nothing that's not God, and you are the embodiment of God come alive in the dream of life, which is really great news. Because your nature is loving. Your nature is to give. Your nature is to live in peace. This is your default setting. Not some cave man or cave woman who wants to pillage and plunder for as long as you can get away with it. That's not in anyone's nature. Just look around at the cooperation on planet Earth, even among the people who don't believe in God. Even among the people who think God's an angry guy. It's still evident in traffic and global commerce and everywhere that we are benevolent creatures, powerful creatures. And now when we get out of our own way and we start, stop ascribing delays in our life to a doting universe, well, the universe has her own time frame. Well, the universe is deciding who gets what when. Well, the universe has some tests for me. No, there is no such thing as a universe any more than there is such a thing as a God, as an angry man. It's you. There's only you. And you have the power to do anything you dream. And your inclination is towards abundance, friends, laughter, harmony. You are pre-approved. You're in the winner's circle. You can do no wrong. You are pushed on to greatness every single day. Roar. Bask in the light. Revel in your magnificence. This is the truth. And yes, there is a higher self. And yes, there are angels. And yes, there is even more good stuff coming to you than you can imagine. But where we are now and where we want to be is not just recognize what I'm saying. I'm preaching to the choir. You all get this. But start living it, embodying it, waking up the Christ consciousness inside of all of us, becoming truly enlightened so that we know on the fly that we are creators and our lives can thereby become effortless in joy and ecstasy forever and ever. As I lay this all out, can you see how primitive times are right now? Even now on the cusp of enlightenment, even now as many people are awakening, there's still 
gloom and fear and people not believing in intelligence or denying the order in the world, thinking it was random, thinking that the human brain is the product of evolution from rocks. Do you have any idea of how incredible it's going to be in the immediate future, years, decades, a century from now? This is going to be a blazing oasis of magnificence and perfection. People empowered, helping one another. Gone will be borders delineating which country is where. The only point of having borders on a planet is to keep track of sports teams. Okay, beyond that, we're all in the same family. We're all in the same boat. And we're going to start living like that really soon. There's so much to look forward to. Jumbo fellow adventurers. Oh boy, are we in some wild, challenging, trying times. Uh, of course, I'm talking about George Floyd, rest in peace. I'm talking about the riots in Minneapolis and all over the United States. Uh, and another really dicey subject. I have my own passions and concerns and convictions as does probably every American, if not every citizen uh, of this beautiful planet with regards to the turmoil right now. And uh, as I pulled myself together and decided what to share today, because how can I possibly not talk about this? Um, lots of buzzwords went through my head that are all trigger points one way or another. Racism, national pride, black lives matter, blue lives matter, white privilege. And then it finally occurred to me that all of that, all of that is potentially so divisive, no matter what my feelings are, no matter what the truth is, because we could parse the truth in a number of ways here. And there are points uh, from every perspective. Um, but I realized there's only one question and it's an easy one. It's benevolent. Uh, it's not divisive. There's one question for all of us who feel stirred to ask. What does love call you to do? Not who is right, not who is wrong. There are people in truth acting with truth. There are people acting outside of truth, but they think it's truth, but that's drama. That's not going to help the situation. What does love call you to do? This is the very nature of a life in these sacred, hallowed jungles of time and space. What are you going to do with it? There is nothing destined. There is nothing set in stone. There's nothing you're supposed to do. There's nothing you're supposed to not do other than avoid violence. Okay, because that's just a no win every way. I've talked about it before. So but life is here for the choosing. Life is here to be tested. Life is not some simple riddle. It is complex at different times. And we came here to see what we would do with it. Now, there are some immovable truths. We are all bathed in love. We are all mini-me's of the divine. We all have thoughts to become the things and events of our lives. And sometimes when I have approached these topics of 
white privilege or blue lives matter or, you know, every side of the fence, um, I, I feel like the conversation immediately ends. And, and what many spiritually aware people rightly tell me is that, Mike, we all create our own realities. And what's going on out there is beside the point. I am here to live my glory and to share the truth with other people so that they may quicker live their glory. And in a way, I think that's just pushing it under the carpet because we are all brothers and sisters and I'm not picking sides here. But while you do create your future and your destiny and you are all powerful and so is anybody else who claims to be otherwise all powerful. If there was a fire burning in your neighbor's home and you're all powerful, you can go live the life of your dreams. Would you do what you could to help? You don't have to. You will not be judged if you turn away and you go buy a new car. But I know it's in you to want to do better, to want to help everybody reach this level, to bring everybody into the light of truth. And if our brothers and sisters are suffering, whether it's because of their color or whether it's because of their own attitude or whether it's because they wear a police officer's uniform, doesn't that call you to use your divine creative power to shine a light, a benevolent light, a peaceful light, to say, hey, this is what's working for me. Hey, let's dust you off. Hey, life gives second chances to everybody and third and fourth and fifth chances to everybody. Wouldn't that be the direction love moves you? There is no shoulds in time and space other than not violating other people. But even that is a deep philosophical question. We're not going there. The question is, what does love call you to do? And are you going to do it? You don't have to. And maybe it's not calling you because there's a tragedy unfolding right now in the United States that's been brewing for hundreds of years. There are many tragedies brewing in the United States. Which one are you going to give your attention to? Which one does love call you to now? None? That's okay. Go do your thing. Be a light. Your day may come in 10 or 20 or 50 years and your successes will be a beacon to all other people. And that is not unspiritual. You don't have to do anything right now. But might you donate to a cause? Either, I won't even name them. Well, might you donate to a cause that might help bring light and justice to an arena that is in dire need of it? You don't have to donate to a cause. Might you volunteer? Might you be a vigilante, a good Samaritan doing unspoken good deeds? You don't have to, but maybe you know a few people who are suffering and in pain and you can anonymously help them. Wow. Might you post, if you're brazen enough, a few memes, share this video to, to kind of at least invite people to think and consider without claiming sides, without looking for justification, without saying who's right or who's wrong. Might you share your rationale for what's unfolding in any hot spot of the world with the hope and the intention of bringing love and clarity? You don't have to do any of these. What does love call you to do? This is the simple equation that's before us today. You might march. You might protest. Do it peacefully. You might take a pass. Anyway, I couldn't not talk about... Uh, George Floyd, rest in peace, these riots, 
the trying, difficult circumstances that so many of our brothers and sisters are in, uh, of every shade, of every color, of every occupation. Um, just feel the love, just feel sympathy, and go where it calls you to go, if it even calls you to go anywhere now. Well, there you have it, fellow adventurer. Thanks for listening to this most recent installment of Spiritual Tune-Ups. If you enjoyed this podcast, please take a few seconds to rate it on the podcast service you're using right now. It makes a big difference in helping more people find us. And of course, if you want daily reminders of life's magic and your power, please sign up at tut.com for my free Notes from the Universe emails. Tally ho!